Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. Ford has put the stock back in stock car, and now you can register for your chance to be Ford Performance's VIP guest and watch the NASCAR Next Gen Mustang hit the track for the first time in 2022. One grand prize winner and their guest will receive a trip for two to Daytona Beach with VIP access. Ford Performance driver meet and greets, round trip airfare, and more. Register now through November 7th at FordNextGen.com. That's FordNextGen.com. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Last time up the back straightaway. Here's William Byron looking high, looking low. Blaney throwing the block in both lanes. Blaney brings him back to three. William Byron's got one final shot off the corner. He'll try to cross over. Ryan Blaney is there. He leads the field back to four. The checkered flag is out. One more run by Byron, and it will come up short. Ryan Blaney will score the win in the Firekeepers Casino 400 at Michigan. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry trusted to perform since 1952 by xfinity x5 internet that's more than just fast xfinity proud premier partner of nascar and by blue emu maximum pain relief the official pain relief cream of the motor racing network blue emu is family owned and manufactured here in america it works fast and you won't stink from the mrn studios in concord north carolina here is your host mike bagley Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the MRN crew here with you for yet another weekly get-together. We are about to head into Daytona International Speedway this weekend after a trip to the Irish Hills of Michigan. Coming up on the show today, we're going to chat with Eric Jones of Richard Petty Motorsports. He's going to stop by to visit. Of course, he just re-upped with RPM for 2022. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more. We have a look at the must-win situations going into Daytona this weekend. One final shot for perhaps maybe someone below the playoff cut line to get in and join the playoff party. That'll begin the following week at Darlington Raceway. We're going to catch up with Ryan Newman of Roush Fenway Racing this week. We're also going to preview the regular season finale at Daytona. Matt Crafton of Thor Sport Racing is going to stop by as the truck series is in playoff full swing mode. And a whole lot more. But first, let's check in on some of the latest headlines across NASCAR Nation with Kyle Ricky. Kyle? Mike, we've got several returns to the NASCAR Cup Series today with a major sponsor and a driver announcing their return to NASCAR's Premier Series. Subway will be returning to the Cup Series as a sponsor for Stuart Haas Racing. 
The sandwich chain will serve as a primary sponsor on Kevin Harvick's car at the playoff races at Bristol and Kansas this fall. Tony Stewart has a history with Subway as they were a sponsor for his final win with Joe Gibbs Racing back in 2008. And just a moment ago, Tony Stewart climbed out of this Home Depot. Subway Toyota stood on a door panel, pumped his fist in the air, and then leaped off in celebration as Tony Stewart has gone back to victory lane for the 33rd time in his career. What a wild one. We will also see the return of NASCAR Cup Series driver Landon Castle. This Saturday night at Daytona, Castle will drive the number 96 car for Gaunt Brothers Racing in the Coke Zero Sugar 400. And again at Talladega this fall. The 2008 Xfinity Series Rookie of the Year will have sponsorship from Carnomaly. The focus on Saturday night's race will be squarely on the battle for the 16th and final spot in the playoffs. Tyler Reddick currently holds that spot with a 25-point lead over teammate Austin Dillon. That battle between teammates could be irrelevant if we get another new winner this weekend. MRN will have flag-to-flag -flag coverage of what is sure to be an intense cutoff race on Saturday night. Coverage from Daytona International Speedway kicks off at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. We will also have flag-to-flag -flag coverage of Friday night's NASCAR Xfinity Series Wawa 250 at Daytona starting at 7 p.m. Eastern. Mike? Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, Eric Jones is going to stop by. And later, which drivers are in a must-win situation for Daytona? This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Eric Jones is coming into Daytona International Speedway this weekend in a must-win situation in order to make the playoffs. Our Woody Kane sat down with him to talk about his season and what he's been up to. Final time off, turn number two, and up the back straightaway here at Darlington Raceway. Eric Jones, solid when it matters the most. He'll float the car into turn number three, looking for the checkered flag. Get himself into the playoffs, locked in solidly. Off turn four, checkered flag in the air, and Eric Jones wins the Bojangles Southern 500 at Darlington. Eric, one of the big things that has come out this week is the Eric Jones Foundation has come to re come to be reality now. And I'm, I'm looking at some of the information about it, and I'm, I'm curious. Why isn't reading early cancer detection and animal welfare as random as it may seem at first glance? Yeah, it, it does, you know, three really pretty different topics, I guess you could say, but um, three things that are, are, are all really close to me. And, and, you know, starting with reading, I've been a pretty avid reader my whole life and, and still am to this day. So um, I always have cared about promoting reading and, and making it be a part of, of, you know, things I'm involved in and wanting to uh, spread it and encourage people to read more and, and it's um, it's just something I, I enjoy you know it's it's relaxing it's peaceful it makes you smarter you know which is <laughs> a good thing so um, and then the cancer detection was close to me with my dad you know I, I lost him in 2016 and for me you know it, it, it showed me how important early detection is and and that's the big thing and the big 
uh, pushing the foundation for, for our, uh, our cancer. And, you know, as far as, as the animal welfare, that's something that, you know, growing up, I had pets always and they were they were really close with me and, and meant a lot to me and, and, and were something I always cared about and still uh, have a, a lot of pets in my life. You know, I've got my own dog, Oscar. Uh, my mom has a couple of dogs. My sister's got a dog. So we've always just been a pet family and, and it's been something I've really cared about and, and making sure that, you know, they're living the, uh, the life that they want to be living too. How can folks find out more about the foundation if they want to help or get involved or, or do some work or volunteer or whatever it may be? Yeah, definitely. You know, our website, ericjonesracing.com uh, is going to have all our foundation uh, info. There'll be a foundation tab that's going to be uh, on there and, and have everything you can do as far as uh, donations and being involved and, and, and helping out. So um, you should be able to find you know, everything you want to uh, on the website. Eric Jones opens up by a couple of car lengths. Here comes Martin Truex Jr. Changes lanes. Jones throws the block, headed off turn four. Off turn number four, here they come down to the line. This is gonna be a finish we'll be talking about. Young Eric Jones out in front of the field, across the line, he'll score the win at Daytona. Let's get back to the racing for a little bit here now. Uh, Coming into this season, nobody really knew what to expect. We've had uh, ups and downs, as every team has. But as we mentioned earlier, you're coming off a, a seventh-place run at, at Indy on the road course there. But then, Daytona, you've been a good plate racer, or we can't really even say plate anymore, super speedway racer. What do you think about this situation that you're in now? Because you're one of about, I guess, a, a dozen or more guys who are in that same boat. You know, Daytona, though, has been it's been good to me. Obviously, you know, winning that race a few years ago, uh, when, it, when it was in July now obviously moved here to August but um, you know feel good about plate racing in general and what we're capable of there uh, Talladega was a great race for us obviously a little bit different track but you know same same concept right so uh, hopefully we just have another uh, fast car and we're able to get up front and, and just be in contention it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy you know it was last year and um, I was in the same situation last year needed to win at Daytona when we got there and uh, we were up front and in, in the spot we wanted to be ahead and we were you know, actually uh, pushing Kyle to the lead when we got wrecked there at the end. So, um, you know, that's all you can do, though. You got to be up front. You got to have a shot. And hopefully, you know, we can make it to that point. Seems like an awful lot of stories at, the, at those tracks start off with, I was doing great until, you know, there, everybody has that until story at Daytona or Talladega. Uh, let's talk about next year. You've mentioned before that you would be interested in coming back to Richard Petty Motorsports. Where do things stand and what's it like out there right now? I mean, you've been through this before where you were, uh, you know, in the situation of trying to figure out what next year was going to look like. So where do things stand now? It's really in the final stages, you know, I mean, um, I feel comfortable to say that, you know, Penn is going to be put to the paper very soon and, and things will be finished up. So. Uh, I wouldn't say that without, you know, it, it being truthful. You know, I, I've been in the situation, obviously, of, of, of getting things done and trying to get things ready for next year. But uh, we are at the point where it's it's really close. So uh, me being back at RPM next year, I would say is a, you know, 99.9% done deal. Uh, it's just a matter of, of kind of finishing up the final phase. From the outside looking in, Eric, it seems like you have been, uh, despite maybe the stats not being what you wanted, a more relaxed Eric Jones this year than in previous years. Do you feel that and, and, and why might that be? Yeah, I feel relaxed. I mean, in general, you know, it's just obviously last year was uh, a huge change for me, you know, going through and, and finding a new team and doing all that. And, and that was, um, you know, it was stressful. I mean, it just was 
it wasn't even necessarily stressful. It was just time consuming. It was tedious, you know, trying to go through and, you know, meeting with different people and talking to different teams and everybody else is talking to different teams and you're kind of trying to fight against those guys, which can be frustrating. So you're just trying to get things done. And at the same time, you know, I was obviously trying to finish up the season uh, in the 20 car and, and run strong for those guys for, for the end of the year. So it was hard to focus and hard to, you know, be totally committed to the task at hand. And, you know, I didn't really want to be in that, that same spot again at, at this point uh, in the year. So that's why, you know, just working on getting everything finished up and, and done and, and have it out of the way and just be able to focus on the end of the season. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely, I guess I was more confident all year that, you know, we were going to do this probably for at least a couple of years and, and um, you know, just had the mentality of just trying to build and, and be better each week. And I think that's probably where, you know, the, the more relaxed state, I guess, has, has come from, you know, just focusing each week on what we can do and trying to be the best that we can be. You know, we, we know that uh, we're, we're lacking in certain areas at certain tracks and we're just trying to do what we can to make them better and, and work and tweak and, and do uh, what we can to go and, and have strong runs. Math aside, what's the biggest difference to your to your way of looking at it from a four car team that you were with versus a one car team that you're with now? Well, you know, I would say the big thing is you, you just lose a little, a little bit of depth, right? You know, you, you go from a four car team uh, where I was there and obviously there's, you know, five or six hundred employees, which is um, good and bad you know it's obviously great to have all those people but it, it, it can be challenging because you don't really ever get to meet them all um you know but in rpm now uh, i've had the chance to meet everybody that puts a hand on our car and and you know i'm a lot more involved in the entire process um you know where i was it was just kind of you know i was showing up and driving a little bit i mean i was at the shop and doing stuff but i wasn't you know involved really with the car and and set up a whole lot so it's it's been um you know, enjoyable to be more involved with it. That's kind of what I did growing up and was a big part of, you know, obviously we're, I don't, I'm not sitting there wrenching on the thing during the week, but I'm definitely involved more with, with what was, what is going on. And, and that's, you know, been something I've really enjoyed this year. Thank you, Woody. Coming up, we'll look at who's on the chopping block at Daytona and in a must win situation. Plus later, Ryan Newman will join the show. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live with the regular season finale for the NASCAR Cup Series this weekend at Daytona. Some teams are in a high-pressure environment. They're looking for a win or the potential of missing out on the playoffs if that win doesn't come, Kurt Becker is here to go more in depth on who needs to win in order to race for a 2021 championship. The NASCAR Cup Series playoffs are almost here. All that remains is one race, and it's a venue, Daytona International Speedway, known for surprising outcomes where truly anyone can win. 
Tyler Reddick and Austin Dillon are in a points battle for the final playoff spot, but there are plenty of drivers with past success at Daytona that could leapfrog both of them and steal that spot with a win. Let's explain. Matt DiBenedetto. I don't really think it changes your driving style because the way I look at Daytona is, uh, in two speedways is I look at them as a chess match. So you got to be really calculated in what you do and not so much uh, desperate. I think the guys that race, I mean, you are desperate inside, but as far as how you race that race, it's more of a calculated approach. And I think you can look at those races and you can watch and you can truly see the people that really study and really put so much effort into those races and are calculated in every decision that that you make. Um, and it's shown we've been, and you never know what can happen, you get wiped out through any of that at any time in the race. But as far as the things in your control, uh, I mean, myself and our Penske teammates, you know, you quite often see um, our group up running up front. Matty D's quest for his first career victory and the 100th win for the Wood Brothers continues at one of his better tracks. Benedetto has three top 10 finishes in 12 starts at Daytona. His super speedway success also includes Talladega, where he came up just short this past spring. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Paul Menard gets a good run into turn number three, but is it enough? Closing to within one car length of Ricky Stenhouse Jr., who leaps off turn four. He won a couple of weeks ago at Talladega. Can he do it again tonight at Daytona? Ricky Stenhouse Jr. across the start-finish line. He sees the checkered flag, and Stenhouse is going back to victory lane. He's the winner tonight. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is always a factor at Daytona, and this weekend should be no different. Stenhouse won the 2017 Coke Zero Sugar 400 and has a pair of top fives at Daytona. He also has a victory at Talladega and is known as one of the most aggressive drivers in the sport in a race where aggressive moves at the right time are rewarded. Chris Busher. If you are looking for a true dark horse on Saturday, Busher might be it. He doesn't always overpower the field, but he simply gets it done on these tracks. The Texas driver has three top fives and five top tens and 11 starts at Daytona. He always seems to find a way to be there at the end. Ross Chastain. Showtime. Here we come down the back straightaway. Chastain trying to defend any sort of run for now. Everybody stays in line. His teammate Justin Haley behind him. Here comes Almendinger from fourth. He's looking to the bottom of Christopher Bell. Dives in and he'll take that third spot away from Christopher Bell. Three colleague teammates up front for the final time. Off turn four. Here they come for the final time out of turn number four into the tri-oval. Ross Chastain leading the pack. Does anyone have anything for him? No! Alba Florida's Ross Chastain wins in Daytona. We've already stated how aggressiveness is rewarded at Daytona, and Chastain personifies that characteristic. The Alba Florida driver has two top tens in his six Cup Series starts at the World Center of Racing, and he smashed a watermelon on the start-finish line after winning the summer Xfinity race there in 2019. Bubba Wallace. And here comes Bubba Wallace. He now leaps the inside lane off turn four. He's going to abandon the boss man. Bubba Wallace goes to the inside, leaves Denny Hamlin on the outside lane. Bubba Wallace leads the Daytona 500 by a half a car length. Last lap in stage number two. Wallace's first year at 2311 Racing hasn't lived up to his own expectations, but all of that could change Saturday night. His 15.1 average finish at Daytona is his best at any track and his second-place finish in the 2018 Daytona 500 is his career best. Eric Jones. 
Jones throws the block, headed off turn four. Off turn number four, here they come down to the line. This is going to be a finish we'll be talking about. Young Eric Jones out in front of the field, across the line. He'll score the win at Daytona. Eric Jones leads. The front of his race car is missing. Checkered flag in the air. Eric Jones, by half a car length, will win the 42nd annual Bush Clash at Daytona. Jones looks to get Richard Petty Motorsports back in the playoffs for the first time since 2014 with a win this weekend. This was the site for the last victory for RPM, and Jones holds two wins on the high banks of Daytona. Jones seems to thrive on the chaos these tracks sometimes bring and used that to win the 2018 Coke Zero 400 and the 2020 Bush Clash. Ryan Newman. Another driver that always seems to be there at the end of these races. We saw that at the 2020 Daytona 500 where he came up just short of his second Harley J. Earl trophy. Newman won the Daytona 500 back in 2008. And while he's been involved in some spectacular crashes here in past years, he has posted 12 top 10 finishes. Can the veteran get it done one last time? We will find out on Saturday. Newman gets the run on the outside. Newman to the lead. Bush to second. Stewart falls back to third. What can Tony Stewart do now? He's all the way back to fourth. You got a Dodge Charger out front. Ryan Newman leading the field off turn number four. The battle will be for second. Ryan Newman brings him off turn four for the last time into the trioval. A long, dry spell for this driver. He will win the 50th Daytona 500. Thank you, Kurt. Coming up, Ryan Newman stops by, and later we'll preview this weekend's Coke Zero Sugar 400 at Daytona. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. It's been a while since we've caught up with Ryan Newman, and we figured what a better time than now because he's coming to a track where he's won in the past. Woody Kane sat down and chatted with the veteran driver. Ryan Newman drives the number six Coke Zero Sugar Ford Mustang at Roush Fenway Racing. You can catch him on Saturday night at Daytona, the World Center of Racing. And Ryan, the last chance for you and about a dozen other guys to race your way into the playoffs. And it's always crazy at super speedways anyway, but how much more crazy is it when you've got that last chance element, plus a lot of guys who are just trying to accumulate a few more points as they head to the playoffs, all those different agendas rolling around. Well, I think that uh, no doubt the guys that are trying to race their way in are going to be a little bit crazier than the guys that have already raced their way in or have pointed their way in. So, um, you know, we, um, we're going to be a part of that uh, first group uh, because of where we're, where we're sitting in points. But um, really, really excited and proud uh, to be a part of uh, Coca-Cola Racing family, uh, to have the Coke Zero Sugar uh, Ford Mustang this weekend and uh, even equally as important or may, if not more um, to celebrate the life of one of the Coke family members uh, Joan Salter she'll have a decal on the car which she um, she was she's been a part of the Coke family um, from, a, from a management side for many years and just recently passed so I'm um, really really honored to have her decal on the Coke Zero Sugar car for this weekend in, in Daytona. Oh, man, sorry to hear that, but I'm glad you're going to honor her. Uh, I, I got a chance to see the paint scheme yesterday, and I'm curious, do you ever have any hand in those, or are you as surprised as everybody else when they come out? Because it looked really sharp. Yeah, it did look sharp. Uh, you know, last weekend looked sharp with the IT Savvy car, and and uh, those guys do a good job designing that stuff. Uh, and like I tell people, from where I sit, I can't see it, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, but... But in the end, I want the fans to be uh, excited about it. And, uh, you know, it's it's um, it's great to be a part of the Coca-Cola racing family. And 
and the amazing things that they do. Looks really fast. And let's talk a little bit about super speedway racing in general. You, of course, everybody knows the story. Last year's Daytona 500 had the, the horrific wreck there. Came, came back, bounced right back, and you led a little bit at Talladega this year. Super Speedway Racing, I mean, does it make your brain tired? Because it's not physically demanding as some tracks, but, man, playing chess for two or three hours uh, nonstop would seem to be mentally draining. It is uh, a mental race. Um, you know, obviously it's physical, but it's more biased to mental than any other thing that we do. And then I guess probably the emotional side of it's equally as important because uh, because of the mental side. Uh, but ultimately, uh, you got to put yourself in the right position. And I've, I've actually, I think I've said it to you before, if not somebody else in, in the past, um, I've actually been in the, in, the, um, in the battle to get to the lead. And once I got to the lead, got tired. Like I just physically, like I had, I had achieved something. And, and leading and uh, looking out the mirror was a totally different mental game than it was trying to get to the lead. And, um, you know, I realized shortly after that that I needed to stay awake because it wasn't going to last forever. But... Um, you know, that just tells you the power of your mind in those situations and the, um, the power of adrenaline, uh, because I can't fall asleep after a race, but I mentally got tired in the middle of a race while the adrenaline was still pumping. So that tells you how crazy it gets at times, just trying to get to the front and, and, uh, you know, playing defense and, and guarding your race car. Are you one of these guys who goes back and studies tapes to go, man, I wish I had done this there or that there? Or in a race like this, I mean, you could do everything right and still have it, uh, you know, have it wind up in a wreck. I, um, I've been watching the 1976 Daytona 500 and practicing my slingshots. Uh, so, <laughs> no, I mean, I don't watch tape, but I, you know, I have seen plenty of it, been a part of most of it. And, um, you know, over the last 20 years and, and um, you know, it, it, it just changes. I mean, you look at this past weekend, the race at Michigan was different than, at least than I thought, from what we had seen there in the past and the way guys were drafting and, and giving up drafts and some guys pushing and some guys not. And we got different rules this weekend. We've, you know, we've got a different um, engine package, I guess you could say, in the, in the power output. And we've got a different uh, spec with the body because the wicker's off the rear spoiler. So the drafting characteristics, I think, are going to change a good bit. I don't know if that means we're going to be the same, better or worse. But um, we got 400 miles to, uh, to figure that out. Let's talk about some of your other racing because I saw you went to uh, Indy and did the, the BC 39 honoring uh, Brian Clawson. And uh, tell me why that type of racing, you do the modifieds as well, appeals to you so much because uh, I was telling uh, Brandon, your PR guy, when, when you're at those events, you seem like a, a little kid at Christmas who's waiting to open his packages. Yeah, it's, um, I do it because, to answer your question, I do it because it's fun. Um, but mo more importantly, I guess you could say, um, the, the BC 39, uh, we're sponsored by Driven to Save Lives. I'm a spokesperson for Driven to Save Lives and just uh, getting the awareness out there about organ donation and what, sh what we all can do if we haven't already to sign up to be an organ donor to save lives. Um, it could be your family. It could be somebody else's family. Think about it. Uh, come around uh, the, the holidays when you've um, you got an opportunity to spend some time with your loved one. Uh, know that you might put somebody else in a seat to get presents. Um, know that... Um, when you have the opportunity to go sign up for a hunting or fishing license, all you got to do is check a box. Um, go to go to DrivenToSaveLives.org and the Indiana Donor Network, which is home for me being from South Bend, um, has been very impactful. And, and that was a lot of fun to um, to be up there for that race, represent um, Brian Clausen and his family, Clausen Marshall Racing, drive the Driven to Save Lives car, have a special person that we had on the, um, on the, the name on top of the car was Brooke Sander. Um, she had passed away, was an organ donor, was very instrumental with Driven to Save Lives. 
all those things tie together and make it special. Albeit we didn't make the feature, but we had some fun, got some good racing in, and um, you know we'll, we'll do it again. That leads to my next question: is about the unusual type races. I mean, looking back at this season, you had a top five at Bristol Dirt, a top ten at Darlington, which is just ridiculously tough, and then a top ten on the Indy Road Course, a home game for you of all places. What is it about these kind of unusual races that seems to bring out the best in you? Well, unfortunately, it took a bunch of guys getting crashed out at Indy for us to get that top 10. But um, nevertheless, um, you know, I feel like I'm competitive and capable every racetrack we go to. Some some more than others, no doubt. Um, just because, like I've always said, when you go to Daytona and Talladega, you're holding it wide open. You're more of a product of your car and some racing luck than you are um, your talent and your abilities uh, as a team or as an, indiv as an individual. So, um, you know, it's different. Um, and um, those those races you, na you named are different, no doubt. And uh, we've still got a bunch of those left to go this year. So we, we want to get more top tens, hopefully some top fives and be in contention for a win. That's, that's ultimately what um, would be fun at this point. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about silly season. You probably don't know what's going to happen in 2022 yet. None of us do, I guess. But what do you want to do? The announcement came out earlier that Brad Keselowski is coming over to Roush Fenway next year. What does Ryan Newman want to do in 22? I want to race. I want to have fun. I want to spend time with my kids. Uh, you know, I want to live out their dreams and goals and, and uh, you know, livelihood and, and be a part of that. So I really don't have an answer on what I'm doing. I don't know. Um, I know what. I ultimately would want to do is race for uh, for a championship. Uh, I don't know that those opportunities are out there and have access to equipment like that. Um, so I'm just going to do what makes the most sense for me. And let's wrap up with this, Ryan. I always sure. love to ask you what's going on at the Rescue Ranch because I know it's near and dear to your heart. And I saw on social media you guys have a special event coming up uh, in September, a, a family event, right? Shoot, I don't even know. I said September. <laughs> I, I'm sure there's some. I'm sure there's some events going on in RescueRanch.com. It's a website you can go to learn more about it. But I haven't even been briefed on that one yet. So, um, yeah, I'm sure there's there's some opportunities out there. And, and just um, you know, it's great for our community to do what we do uh, to educate kids about animals and and, and uh, their welfare. And we we as humans are ultimately responsible. And um, you know, I appreciate you mentioning something, but I don't have the details on that one yet. All right, well, check out the website to find out more. It's a really interesting place. I think it's September 18th is the Family Fun Day. Check it out at RescueRanch.com to find out more. Ryan, appreciate your time. I know you got to get back to work here, and good luck this weekend trying to race your way into the playoffs. All right, thank you, Woody. Thank you, Woody. Coming up, we'll talk racing at Daytona this weekend, and later, Matt Crafton will stop by. Whelan would like to congratulate Ryan Blaney and his number 12 Team Penske pit crew for the win at Michigan International Speedway. They are the Whelan pit crew of the week. Following the victory, Blaney reflected on his relationship with soon-to-be-retired crew chief Todd Gordon. It's been a ton of fun. He's showed me a lot of different things on, you know, about race cars and, and just kind of has widened my knowledge of everything. So um, wishing the best, that's for sure, next year. Uh, but we got a job to do this year and sending him out with a bang. Um, like I said, nice to get him a win today, but hopefully get a few more wins and get then uh, be able to bring home the big one there at the end of the year. Be a pretty good send-off for Todd, so uh, hopefully we can do that for him. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 1952. Now, back to your host, Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The regular season for the NASCAR Cup Series comes to its conclusion Saturday night as the final playoff spot is up for grabs at the World Center of Racing. You know, it was a year ago, William Byron felt the pressure of the playoff bubble heading into the season finale. 
William would handle the pressure by going on to earn both his first Cup Series win and a playoff berth. He'll breathe easy heading into this weekend as an early win at Homestead this year secured his playoff spot. Oh, it was stressful um, for most of the race, I'd say. It was just kind of one of those Game 7 type type moments that you go into and, you know, it's do or die, which which is kind of nice. I, I like that sensation and that feeling. But, um, you know, honestly, it was interesting how that race played out, you know, with Jimmy getting in that crash um, really kind of changed things for us on the points perspective. All we had to do was pretty much finish the race. And um, and that took a lot of pressure off of me to, to go and try to win the race. And so I think in that in that 10 to 15 minute time frame when we had the red flag was really a, a mindset change of man. Okay. Maybe we can go win this race now um, and not have to worry about the points, which was nice. So I think, um, you know, try to try to go there stress-free this year and um, definitely be uh, kind of watching those guys and entertained by the guys who are on the bubble because I was in that position last year. Now I want to kind of watch them, them have to fight it out. Christopher Bell, a winner at the Daytona Road Course in the second race of the season, is also happy to avoid the stress of sitting on the playoff bubble. Yeah, Daytona's going to be obviously a always is a super exciting cutoff race. You never know what's going to happen. There's so many chances for a, a new winner, a guy outside the playoffs to um, bump their way in. So very thankful that I got a win early on in the season to make sure that I'm not on that bubble spot. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of stress for sure going into next week. Now, unlike Byron and Bell, Austin Dillon is firmly on the playoff bubble. Matter of fact, he's 25 points out and looking in as a previous winner of the Daytona 500. Dillon knows what it takes to win at Daytona. He plans to use that experience while also believing that he has nothing to lose heading into this weekend. That gives uh, you know the confidence to you going as, as being the last race of the year. In the situation I am in right now, we're in a little bit of a nothing to lose attitude right now because we, we got a gain on our teammate and if not, we got to win, uh, somehow. So, uh, Daytona is that place and, and it gives us an opportunity with our ECR horsepower. And I don't know, we've just had the ability to keep that number three at the front. When we go to Daytona, it's, it's a, I like it. It's a magical place. And, and I've had some, uh, great runs there. So, um, I'm pumped that it's the last race uh, of our regular season. While Austin Dillon doesn't believe he has anything to lose, his teammate at Richard Childress Racing, Tyler Reddick, would strongly disagree. For Dillon to earn his spot in the playoffs, he'll have to knock out Tyler, who sits 25 points ahead of Austin heading into Saturday night. Yeah, man, it's really hard to say because any other year we'd be walking into the playoffs with a steady points lead over a bunch of guys. Um, uh, the way the wins played out, it's not the case. Um, you know, I, I think it's here and there. About five or six weeks ago, we, we struggled just knocking down a couple points throughout stages, um, whether it be strategy or just not as fast as we'd like to be at some of the tracks we felt like we could capitalize on. And just kind of a, a lack thereof of, of really just driving home our points lead that we had. You know, Tyler and his guys did a good job of, just gaining five to ten on us every week there for a couple weeks, and that's kind of what flipped the script for us against them. But that's just the, the what we're living in right now, and uh, we know what we got to do. We just can't really live in, in the fact that we lost some points here and there. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just we we got the cards are on the table right now. We know we're, we've been dealt, and we got to make it work. It's going to be a dandy. Motor Racing Network will have live coverage of the Coke Zero Sugar Four Hundred from Daytona Saturday night, starting at six p.m. Eastern Time.
Coming up, we'll swing over to the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series and catch up with three-time champion Matt Crafton and later this week in NASCAR history. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The NASCAR Camping World Truck Series playoffs are in full swing, and veteran Matt Crafton is in search of his fourth championship, which would tie him with NASCAR Hall of Famer Ron Hornaday Jr. Kim Kuhn talked with Matt about the pressure of the playoffs. Here they come off turn number four for the final time. Austin Hill brings his truck to the start-finish line. He'll win the Ford EcoBoost 200. Matt Crafton crosses the start-finish line. He is the 2019 NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series champion. Three-time champion, looking at your past championship seasons. Kind of where does this season stack up compared to those? Um, 2019, everybody kind of counted us out. We hadn't mm -hmm. won a race that year, but we, we felt very confident going into the, the playoffs because we had gained a lot of momentum. We had hit stride pretty good mm -hmm. up to that point of the season, but we hadn't won a race, so everybody beat us up on it. And then we just kept doing everything we needed to do. Yes, we didn't win a race. I think, honestly, it's harder to win a race in the chase than it is regular season because mm -hmm. regular season you don't have the points race and with the stages the way they are it, it, it's tough because everybody that's not racing for a, a playoff points to advance in the playoffs if there's a yellow that comes out four or five ten laps before they're going to come put tires on mm -hmm. so you know that you're always going to be when we go back green and have the playoff or the stage we're going to have to start behind everybody again just because the way that the format is mm -hmm. so you brought up 2019 you end up winning the championship without any wins you enter the playoffs without any wins this year do you feel like the seasons compare or are they just wildly different with besides the fact that there's a zero in the wins column uh, no both of them had zeros in the win column um we had hit some decent stride up to Watkins Glen. we had a really bad race there they called it short but uh we had started getting some of our old speed back and Without practice is one of the biggest things. Mm -hmm. And Junior and I were always so good at making our stuff better throughout practice. And I think we're, we're starting to get better without mm -hmm. doing practice. So hopefully these next few races that we've got this thing spot on at the beginning of the deal so we can get as many stage points as possible. Matt Crafton across the stripe. He will finish in the ninth position, and that is good enough. Matt Crafton becomes the series' first repeat champion by coming home in the ninth position. Matt Crafton doing everything he needed to do, and he is the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series champion for the second year in a row. Darlington is uh, sandwiched in between those two. Uh, we weren't originally supposed to race it in the playoffs. Do you feel like people are going to end up a little more aggressive because we have raced it earlier in the year versus if we had gone to Canadian Tire and, you know, we only see that once a year? I hope so because maybe some of the rookies will go race the track and attack. <laughs> and, 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 and exactly. <laughs> you got to go race the racetrack. Don't race the competition there. And that's one of the things I've learned as I went. I've, I've had a few of those Darlington stripes and they'll yell at you. Just race 
the racetrack and it's easy to do because you're catching somebody and you're starting to race and you just try to get that other tenth mm-hmm. and you end up putting a right side on it. Let's dive a little deeper into that. For somebody that is not a driver, has never raced anything in their life, what does it exactly mean to race the racetrack versus race the competition? Um, it's one thing to go, we'll say you run a, a 30 flat, I mean 30 seconds around the racetrack, and you can sit there and consistently do that and run that and run it 95 to 100%. But the next moment you just try to go just a little bit faster, it just sucks you in. It's perfect example of driving people that have drove in the snow mm-hmm. and like I, I can go I go around that corner I was confident oh yeah it slid around the corner it felt good next corner I go around I'm just gonna go a little bit faster and see what uh-huh. it takes you and the next thing you do you're in the ditch yep so that's and then you got your Darlington stripe <laughs> or your ditch stripe all right Bristol you mentioned it an elimination race which already breeds craziness but we also haven't seen the concrete there in a year because when you guys were there earlier it was dirt how does that factor into what we'll see and what your team can do because you yourself said you guys usually work on the truck during practice and really finesse it there yeah i mean that's one of the things gonna be tough because i mean bristol got so much banking and trying to when you go out there practice i'm gonna put a lot on the the crew chiefs and the the engineers there on their plate because you're gonna get the thing as low as you can there's so much load on that racetrack and it's so easy to get the thing on the splitter and then you get on the splitter and it can just kill your whole day so there's gonna be a lot riding on them and and then a lot riding on us, not to do anything dumb and not to get ran over, and we have a lot of pressure. <laughs> then if you look collectively at the playoffs as a whole, which this happens every year, but it's not this kind of continuous bam, bam, bam. It's like for the first round, you've got an off week in between each race, and then during that second round, there's this huge gap of time where you aren't racing. Is that good? Does it allow you to reset, or does it kill momentum? Ah, I don't think it's a bad thing. It's truck series schedule. I mean, that's yeah, what we... I mean, it is indicative. <laughs> it's very indicative of what you guys do all year. Yeah. But once you're you're focused and things kick off, I mean, do you wish it was just back to back to back? No, I like it. I mean, I, I like it just being able to go polish the apple, and that's what junior and i we always talk about just polish an apple is your race car for the next race and it just gives them that much more time to focus on the next race if you have that off weekend instead of being back to back to back that, that can be tough and but i guess strongest survive then yeah strongest survive at the end too so what do you do differently to celebrate if you win your fourth truck series championship uh different or is it different does it feel the same do you think it will I mean, one of the cool things that would be, I mean, I don't really think about it uh, to be able to say you, you're tying Hornaday for it. But I mean, I mean somebody it's brought that up. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah. And, uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, Hornaday is the man. And I, I literally just went and had a beer with him the other night. And he, he said, if I go to the Final Four, he'll go to Phoenix and, and root me on, even though I know he would be like, damn it, he, don't, he better not tie me. But at the end of the day, we, you always think of truck series and four championships. And the man is always going to be Ron Hornaday. And, but, and to even be brought up in the same sentence, it means a lot. Thank you, Kim. Coming up this week in NASCAR history, next. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Folks, it's that time of the week. It's time for this week in NASCAR history. And here with it is our Susie Armstrong. Thanks, Mike. 1986. English singer-songwriter Steve Winwood elevated to the top of Billboard's Hot 100 with the jumpy hit, Higher Love. 
Will Wheaton, River Phoenix, Corey Feldman, and Jerry O'Connell ponder the mysteries of life in Stephen King's coming-of-age flick, Stand By Me. Oakland A's slugger Mark McGuire smacks the first home run of his MLB career. The prolific first baseman went on to hit 583 dingers over 16 years. And Darrell Waltrip was out of here in Thunder Valley, dominating the Bush 500 at Bristol Motor Speedway. Flag for Darrell Waltrip. He's on his victory lap. Let's follow him around. He's in turn one. Darrell has a couple of cars ahead of him. Tim Richmond and his brother Michael Waltrip. Buddy Arrington's car is behind Darrell Waltrip's, but it's clean sailing up to turn number three. Waltrip takes it up to the banking in turn number four, comes down, and the crowd gives him a big cheer. Waltrip wins the Bush 500. Blaming all of my roots, I showed up in boots and ruined your 1990, there were no fences around Garth Brooks as the country crooner released his second studio album with mega hit The Thunder Rolls and the honky-tonk anthem Friends in Low Places. Murdered money man Patrick Swayze befriends Whoopi Goldberg and haunts a killer to save Demi Moore in the romantic thriller Ghost. And Ernie Irvin possessed the lead for the final 90 circuits, driving the Kodak Film Chevy to Victory Lane in the Bush 500 at Bristol. time around. Greg Sachs's car ahead may not be a factor here. Ernie Irvin holds off the challenge of Wallace. Rusty is waiting and watching with nowhere to go. He cocks the car sideways again, coming off the corner, but falls short by a car length in turn three. Coming through the corner, Ernie Irvin, Modesto, California, is a Winston Cup winner across the stripe. The flash bulbs fly, and the jumping on pit road from the Morgan McClure team is amazing to watch as they have their first ever Winston Cup win. nineteen ninety five Atlanta girl group TLC were crazy sexy cool with Billboard Hot 100 hits creep no scrubs and waterfalls Microsoft merged the disk operating system with the Windows platform as the OS giant released the long anticipated Windows 95 loner drifter Kevin Costner trades dirt and seeks dry land in the budget-busting box office blunder, Waterworld. And Terry Labonte had the Kellogg Chevy rim riding the concrete cereal bowl, besting Dale Earnhardt to win the Goodies 500 at Bristol.
white flag about to come up in the air for leader Terry Labonte as he works his way around the racetrack and heads back to turn one. Burton boots out of the inside of Mike Wallace, tried to make the move. He'll fall back in line, single file. Now Earnhardt is within three car lengths of Terry Labonte. Last time in a turn number three, and Labonte now deals with the traffic. Lap 499 on the board. Here they come to the stripe. White flag in traffic. Labonte gets crossed up. Labonte goes around. Dale Earnhardt now watches, but across the line, I believe Labonte spun across the line and got the win. And it was tough to tell as the checkers came out, but with contact between Labonte and Earnhardt at the checkered flag, I believe Terry spun across the line with the win at the checkers. 500 laps. It was worth the wait. Terry Labonte wins here at Bristol. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. We also like to thank Eric Jones of Richard Petty Motorsports. Also thank Ryan Newman of Roush Fenway Racing and Matt Crafton of Thor Sport Racing for joining us this week. I'm Mike Bagley. And for the rest of the MRN crew, we thank you for joining us as well. We'll catch up with you next week right here on NASCAR Live. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. And was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrian and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Ford has put the stock back in stock car, and now you can register for your chance to be Ford Performance's VIP guest and watch the NASCAR Next Gen Mustang hit the track for the first time in 2022. One grand prize winner and their guest will receive a trip for two to Daytona Beach with VIP access. Ford Performance driver meet and greets, round trip airfare, and more. Register now through November 7th at FordNextGen.com. That's FordNextGen.com. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com.